on the cover. We see Spite raising an oversized joint above his head, with the tip being struck by lightning. Hot Dog Demona is standing by his side, while 8-Ball Eileen and his dad are on a platform below them, looking out onto Dankrip City. The title reads, The Iconic Spite Number 1, New City Blues. This issue starring Spite, the Yellow Icon. We turn the page to a new story. The city we're going to be saving. I mean, well, you're you're going to be trying to not save the opposite of saving. Yes, I will destroy it. Yep. That's of course Dankrip City. Uh it's Dankrip? Not anymore. Not anymore, not since Samuel <laughs> Samuel Odeus. That odious motherfucker. Yeah. Dankrip City. As the city, here's what you'll do in play. Draw cards to determine locations within the city where the story takes place. Name the people that live there. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Keep a list of people the hero saves and recite them during the uprising. Roleplay the ordinary people living in the city as they interact with the hero during their adventures. Help lift up the hero when they're at their lowest so they can continue protecting everyone within their power. Cool. Building the city. How large is the city? Um, I feel like at least major metropolis is important. All right, so downcrypt city, downcrypt city, Dankrip is a major, city is a yep. major, major metropolis. metropolis. Okay. Uh, all right. So your strong suit is diamonds. The city is broken up into four major sections. What do those sections look like? Once you know a hero's strong suit, you'll want to come back to these neighborhoods and assign a playing card suite to each one. Suit. Playing card suit. Sorry. The neighborhood in which the hero is most comfortable should be associated with their strong suit. That suit matches the hero's strong suit in color only. The suit that matches the hero's strong suit in color only should be assigned to a neighborhood they're less familiar with, but still comfortable with. The remaining two suits should be tied to neighborhoods where the hero is out of their element. And as the villain, I'm here to destroy. Maybe it's because I crave power. Maybe it's out of spite for the hero. Well, maybe it's part of a larger plan, but the city has to burn and I'm going to be the one who does it. Here's what I'll do in play. Describe the threats the hero will overcome. Track the hero's injuries and setbacks, but also the greatest successes. Roll the dice to determine whether the hero can save everyone or not. Keep a list of their failures so you can recite them during the uprising, ultimately to be defeated at the hands of the hero. I think the villain's going to be the pallet dancer. Pallid or pallet, as in? Pallid like pale. Okay. And they will... They are tied somehow to Chambers Mining Company. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I also heard palette, and I'm thinking, oh, the palette dancer. Oh, crap, we're <laughs> yeah. going back to the epilogue. Or palette dancer, as in dancing along like pallets in a warehouse. Yeah. Mm. Forklift certified villain. <laughs> Ooh, the most dangerous. Yeah. And sexy. What state is Dangrip City in? And I mean, like, location, not the level of disarray. Not quite yet. Um, Dangrip City is, of course, literally Chicago, but like a fantasy version of Chicago. <laughs> Dangrip City, Illinois. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. We're going to start in Myburn the day... Like the day after that whole Roger Clean incident, you know, where you fought. Not the incident from the one you haven't been a part of, but the one where y'all fought the evil devil guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking to Jeremy, you fuck. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. So Never mind, the evil then. devil guy. Um, Dr. So... Dis- D- Mayhem, I think. Dr. Yeah, the uh, one where I um, took on the illusion of Mr. Clean and uh, gaslit cops into thinking fine teenage heroes came to my rescue. Yes. So that was a great day. It was. So y'all all had McDonald's courtesy of smiles per hour that he totally wasn't intending to eat himself. And (laughs) then once you got home, you found your dad packing up and he's like, son, we're going on a trip. I've got, I got a job in dank rip city. Uh, What? I got a job in dank rip city. They need me here. What? No. I mean, uh, it's not like I have a reason to stay here. Yeah, you don't. How can we stay together? Mom's not here. But what if we find her in Dankrip City? She's not here. You can't argue with that logic. What's, what if we find her in Gloucester, Worcester? Huh? We'll to, we don't know where she could be. We'll go to Gloucester, Worcester like, uh, on the weekends. That's near, that's near Dankrip, I think. He has not looked. Oh, son, it's okay. I've already packed all of your room up. While you were gone. Oh dear God. And even the drawer? I I love the drawer, but the rest of your room. I've put a sheet over the drawer so I wouldn't have to look at what's inside of it. Ah. Oh. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Embarrassing yeah, yeah. if anybody found that collection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Well, come on, pack up, tell your friends goodbye. We are going to Dink Rip City. Smiles asks, texts you to ask where you are, and you just respond with dad's dad, and then, correction, dad's dad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> dad's dad, losing it. Yep. New snow globe shop? Question mark? We're gonna make it work this time. We're gonna make it work. Going to, um... Donkey Rip City. We get one of those little Indiana Jones things of the map and like the car traveling up from Myburn, South Carolina to Donk Rip, Dank Rip City, Illinois. It used to be Donk Rip, 
Dunkrup City, but in 2039, its name was changed Dunkrup City by executive order of President Samodeus because he was tired of being corrected by old German assholes whenever he visited the city. And then, of course, he did an ollie over a newborn shotgunning a Paps Blue Ribbon. He did a sick skateboard trick, ground down a nearby railing, and ollied over a newborn before shotgunning a Pabst Blue Ribbon. He crushed his competition in the next election, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm glad we have all established that fact of this Deep world lore. we live in. Yeah. That we all know. Mm-hmm. Great world. Yeah. But Dankrip City is much bigger than any city you've ever lived in. You've lived in one city, probably. Yeah. What? That and that was, you know, a sprawling oceanside uh, attraction. This now, this has towers, has finance, it has stuff I don't know because I'm not the city. <laughs> it's true. However, when it is time to start play. The hero should make a spot on the map for their home. Take a moment to describe where the hero lives. Is it a stately manor? A fortress of solitude on the far side of town? Their aunt's house? An opium den? The pet smart near a gas station? No, it is one better. It is a dilapidated condo right next to a quick stop. Then the city will draw a card from the deck and describe where the hero's next adventure takes them. I have drawn the ace somewhere of clubs. private. That means we're going somewhere private. So, Matt, you get to introduce a trusted confidant to the hero and describe where the hero meets them. Introduce a trusted confidant to the hero. Uh, okay. Um, you're going to be introduced to 8-Ball Eileen, who plays a lot of pool in only the dankest of bars here in Dankrip City. She's constantly followed by a smog cloud of pot. Uh, and you're meeting 8-Ball Eileen outside of a quick stop, actually. She's got a 40 and a paper bag. And almost like a superpower, she is surrounded by this thick smoke that smells like nothing else you may have ever smelled. The dankest mm. of weed. Oh, hey there, Spite. It's been a while since I've seen you here. What are you doing in my neighborhood? I ain't got nothing for you uh, today. Days, Jim Days. Hitting the quick stop for the good old El Paso. I'm afraid someone came by and cleared out the shelves oh. completely. It's like they knew that they were doing, like they knew you were going to come here and take it all for yourself. Tuesday, no less. On a two, the holiest of all taco days, which is no longer something we have to worry about saying because of that lawsuit. Praise capitalism, just for that one time. Just for that one time, it was okay, but that's the only time. You might not got anything for me, but you got something for me? 
Hold on. Let me see what I got in my pockets here. Alright, so... If the, king, if the king of the same suite has not been played, describe a mundane scene of friendship and foreshadow the reveal that will come later. If the king of the same suite has been played, the confident knows a secret that could topple the powerful. Okay. So we're just doing a mundane scene of friendship and foreshadow that will reveal something that comes later. Uh, so, uh, eight ball Eileen will, uh, will pull her custom made pink pool cue from the rail behind her and use it to tap her way along the sidewalk around back behind the quick stop because she is in fact blind. And she'll point out a trash bag near a dumpster and be like, look over there, Spite. They threw out some perfectly good old El Paso before its expiration date. Looks like it's your lucky day. Ah, oh, damaged boxes are the best! I'm gonna leave you to that. I gotta go find somewhere to be that isn't here, if you know what I mean. Tap, 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 tap. Can I just say I imagine this printed all on, like, really cheap paper? It's like someone's actively drawing this on a napkin as we go. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is like those that Sunday funny strip kind of style and feel. Yeah. Exactly. So there is something here for the villain and the hero. You know that someone came out to clear out of the old El Paso, and it's probably happened throughout the other stores in the city. They either have some deep sentimental value for old El Paso or some deep irrational hatred for old El Paso. So that could be a weakness of theirs. The only person I know of who has a deep irrational hatred of old is Heather, wherever she may be. And I know she came all the way to Dangrip City just to get rid of the taco kits. But you know what I am going to go after? So I think it's some marketing exec. Someone who's thinking they need to do something to take down the fear that is the easy-to-make family dinners. You know, if we get rid of the old El Paso taco kits, we can just sell the tacos themselves at, like, stalls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, boss. If we just get all of them, we'll just we'll just have control of the means of the taco Tuesdays. Control the means of production. Jimmy Smiths. The means of production to the to the bathroom. Oh yeah. about. Well, yeah. I like those taco taco kits that give me diarrhea, as opposed to old El Paso. Oh man, who knew? It's waste management all over again. Diarrhea is the only way I can pass anything these days on account of my constipation. <laughs> how, do you, how do you take these two deeply unpleasant men down? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very normal situation. See, they're all, you know, plotting and scheming, and 
we're going to have to fall for the ploy of the overzealous henchman. The guy who goes just a bit too far. Goes to take out old El Paso and just get him so riled up in his, you know, giddiness that he also takes down the very, very classic, uh, you know, hooligan treat of the chef Man O'Day. And spaghetti. You were able to trick the hooligan in to taking down his boss as well? Uh, tricking him into getting his boss upset with him ah. so that we can find where his boss actually is. Jimmy Smith, why did you fucking throw those old El Paso taco kits into the river? I'm sorry, boss. I thought it was the it's right thing to him. do. Because this is an audio medium. You can oh, hear? Not my, and not that's another slap face. in your face. And oh, that's a slap that. to your dick. Next time you do it, I'll slap your ass. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, not my dick. That's the prettiest part. Oh, hey, boss, you should twist it. That'll really teach him. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, don't, don't twist it. This is getting into <laughs> weird kink territory. <laughs> We're going to leave this scene. <laughs> We're all terrible people. So we do I do it like another location? Is yeah, that how we, we transition? We'll draw, you'll draw another card. Okay. <laughs> all right. Four of diamonds. Oh, that's oh, in your wheelhouse. Wheel. All right. That is somewhere in imminent da -da -da -da. danger. And you're da -da -da. in your element, so this is your neighborhood. So, oh, right, hey, villain, take three dice face to face. <laughs> yeah, the hero comes face to face with something that threatens the city, whether the city, whether physically or emotionally or anywhere in between. When you arrive here, perform the following: describe the scene to the to the hero. This place is in danger, but it hasn't. It wasn't always in danger. Where is it? Has the hero been here before? Who lives here? There's a threat that's about to unfold, but there are also people here. Name them, Jesus. <laughs> Describe them. Introduce them to the hero. Compare the suit of the card to the hero's strong suit to describe how familiar. If it's an exact match, then you're in your element, hero. It's your neighborhood. These are your people. You've got this. Tell the villain to take three dice. Um, what was the color of your... Oh, it's a diamond. A diamond. So, yeah, yeah, never mind. Cards, cards work yeah. a very specific way. Uh -huh. Turns out. All right. So describe the scene to the hero. Uh, this is somewhere you're familiar with. Uh, do you have any preference before I just go off the fucking rails? Come on now. Okay. So <laughs> you you wander into a old school arcade. It looks straight out of the 80s. There are kid, there are teens that are like shoving quarters into machines so they can shoot digital villains. There is a fried dough stand outside making absolute bank. And there is a group of sort of like leather punks wandering through, picking on kids, bullying them. But they're not even the real threat. The real threat, actually, is a, um, 
It's a a raccoon that is suspiciously large, which has managed to find someone's doobie and is going on a weed rampage from the back of the arcade to the front. So first, it's just this casual scene of a 80s-style arcade, flashing lights, loud, lots of music, kids having fun. And all of a sudden, a very large raccoon with a blunt in its mouth kind of crawls over a, we'll say, a virtual reality ski balls uh, booth and blows a huge cloud into someone's face for roaring and charging off into the concession stand and beginning to tear that up, trying to find something to quench its thirst. At this point, everyone in the arcade starts panicking and running out. Um, I will say, one of the punks that was picking on kids uh, runs basically up to you, Spite, uh, and is just screaming, Yeah, you gotta help me! Someone got my unusually large blunt and turned it, and they turned it into some kind of monster! Uh Okay, I got this. I know you got this. This is exactly the sort of place that you used to hang out all the time. Exactly. Just chill out. And I do a hand wave over his face, and he goes from absolutely manic and panicked to, oh, this is just a chill vibe, bro. Yay, emotion yeah, control. Right. <laughs> I can get down with this. Yeah, it's all right. There's nothing at all to be worried about. I'm going to go sit on the sidewalk and pretend that I didn't flunk out and of I'm high gonna school. I'm going to say you were so lucky it's an exact match. Because I got a one, a one, and a six. Ooh. So it's take the highs, but... <laughs> I'll, like, the, if it hadn't been an exact match, presumably one of the ones would have been more highest. Uh, so, you push past your limits and become something greater than yourself. How do you inspire the people, recover one injury, or take a point of inspiration? Ah, uh, so I'm going to aim for the point of inspiration here. And I'm going to stand on the most dilapidated pinball machine I can find in the room. I'm going to point to the concessions go, Oi! Trash Panda! You need to waka waka out of here. And I just start from screens, just bombarding with uh, projected video game characters. You've got that, that uh, female martial artist with the jiggly plump thighs doing a random spin kick at him. A, you know, pie chart with a wedge taken out, just eating dots that are pointed at its face. Uh... And then there's this, you know, adorable little thing that just runs up and squeaks at it. The um the unusually large raccoon come like comes up to the counter behind the concession stand holding a big gulp-sized cup of Mountain Dew dunking a fully prepared and totally not weird that it was fully prepared at a concession stand. Old El Paso taco 
directly into the Mountain Dew, munching on that billowing smoke of weed coming from its mouth, and then gets pelted by this array of sensory issues, this array of video game characters, flashing lights, loud noises, and incredible visions it was not prepared for and begins to falter. And it's like the last of these visions, the cruising USA machine, a relic of decades past, a car just leaps from it, does, you know, a power slide around a turn and just clips it with the back end. And it's the first time an illusion makes physical contact and sends it reeling into <laughs> the employee's only door and tumbling out the back. Beast, the employee's only room is in fact the back alley. <laughs> it's true. That, that's the break room. So... The potted up raccoon, now known as the villain, Baked Raccoon, raccoon. flees with an unusually large joint in its mouth. And you were able to save the punk. And who? what is the punk's name, hero? Punk? Oh, that's easy. That's Terry O'Flanagan. You have saved the arcade from the pot-smoking raccoon. What's a star swipe to a new scene? We have a two of clubs. Somewhere in danger again. And no match. Matt, since that was the Diamonds District, what, what is the name of the district? Uh, since that was the Diamonds District, that was, of course, the um, uh, Spliff District. All right. We're going to come face to face with something that threatens the city again. Uh, here in the Two of Clubs, uh, we're going to say we see a scene in the middle of an intersection where a bunch of taxis have piled up. And in the middle of it is a lone policeman who is frantically trying to give out tickets to each of these taxis for driving under the influence of no weed. That's right, they're getting tickets for not being high. And he's frantically going between them. He can't let them get away. He can't let them drive away because that would mean that he's not doing his job. And who knows where they would go afterwards. And this all seems fairly mundane, except for the fact that the villain is perched on the top of a nearby building overlooking their dirty work. They were the cause of this scene. They are the one responsible for these taxi drivers not being immensely high while on the job. Spite, you see someone in like kind of a dancer's outfit like the tutu all white with yellow accents and just a white mask wrapping around the, the entirety of their head 
they have a super soaker. So every time the officer tries to light up a joint for one of the taxi drivers, it just gets snuffed out and ruined by a well-placed shot from the villain. And I did roll a three. So you managed to stop the threat, but it's messy. How do you stop the threat? What goes wrong along the way? Either take an injury or cause collateral damage. <laughs> oh, oh, this is a great one. See, we got all these taxis just already piled into the middle of this intersection. So the first thing to do I, I need to do is de-escalate this cop. So I'm going to bake the blue. I am going <laughs> through illusions and emotion control, make him believe that he is wrapped up in the fattest of blood. Like it's a one person sleeping bag and it is just nice, warm, and as he is tat rips of himself. And now that he is calmed, I'm going to try to escalate the building, but I do it in the dumbest way possible. Okay. The window washers lift. All right. The villain think you starts hitting you with a super soaker as you are lifting yourself up. Do not come any closer. I have the super soaker. A window washer who is actively washing windows turns to spite and is like, I wouldn't do it, man. He looks like he's kind of dangerous and you might get a little wet. Ah, it's all right. And I go to grab the squeegee out of this guy's hand and, you know, squeegee the shots out of the air. Hey, that's my squeegee. That's why they call me Squeegee Luigi. Hey, this is for the greater good, man. The greater good of... The part where it gets messy is blocking and flailing and ice trip stumble. Foot wrapped up in the little ropes that they use to dangle off the sides of buildings. Uh-huh. And I just become an upside down pinata of nothing but fringe and angst. As now, you know, the crotch of my pants is open for targeting and just shot after shot of making it look like I wet myself as this thing keeps ascending. Hey man, what the fuck am I seeing? This is also, some dang shit. Squeegee Luigi's joint gets, does get put out by the villain because you... Son of a bitch! I paid good money for that joint. Now flee, flee for your joint life. Never! I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get and... Folks are too busy paying attention to the guy flopping around. He's just all free like that thing. <laughs> he beat himself. That they forget that there's a pile up of taxis already in the intersection. And the collateral damages more cars add into it. Sp Spike, get that squirting asshole. He put out my, my, my weeds. <coughs> oh, I'm, never, I'm not going to make it. But you could you could save them. You could save the city. I'm I'm fading. I'm losing my high. Here's some water in your ear hole. Psst, psst. Oh, that's really weird. Psst, psst. Oh, what the fuck, man? I, I'm gonna pull myself up by the you know the pants and just 
ditch the whole thing, climb for some guy who for someone who constantly skipped gym class because you know PE is just uh what's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah. Um cop propaganda for learning to run and fear. Um mm-hmm. I apparently climb a rope really well, surprisingly. And by the time I reached the top, I was too late. You do manage to stop the threat. <sighs> oh yeah, they get bored. Yeah. <laughs> I stop the threat because I get there. No, you're because not they bored. put too much water on me that they couldn't keep putting. So you are determined. Oh, definitely determined. Gonna get you. Don't know who you are, but I'm gonna get you. Not if I have anything to say about it. Until next time, Spite. And they will throw the super soaker now. Finally, empty down at your face as they flee. <laughs> <laughs> ah! And additional collateral damage is it, you know, pegs a nun walking a line of orphans. Yes, of course. Oh, dear heavens! Oh, if only my mother and father were here to see me walk like this, they'd be so. Oh! That's what you get, little one, for bringing up your parents. I told you it's all like in the Sorry, rules. I should not remember them ever again. And then a squeegee hits him on the head, too. Oh, why? <laughs> Take a selfie. It's a family portrait for you, right? Okay, so we have Squeegee Luigi orphan. <laughs> squeegee. The, the orphan, of course, is uh, uh, Chad No Parents. I put orphan as the name and Chad no parents as the description. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And right. Chad no parents takes a tentative pull from his child sized joint. Yeah. Right. This Natural. is such a fucking tough Of course. Of course. Uh, this, are you making fun of Dank Rip <laughs> yes. City? It's not even a joint. They're kids. They've got my first weed pens to help control the mm-hmm. dosage. Yeah, they're vaping. It's healthier. It's better for their wee little lungs. This... What is the name of this part of the city? Uh, this is, of course, the Sativa sector. Sativa? S-A-T-I-V-A. Sativa sector? All right. So, That's right. I didn't Google types of marijuana. No, 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 no. You can't prove that. All right. I know. We have, we have a jack. It's time to go somewhere peaceful. <laughs> Uh-oh. You're going, the hero is going to encounter someone in need. Someone who can help them on their journey to defeat the villain, but who needs something from the hero first. When you arrive here, perform the following. Describe the scene to the hero. They may be, there may be people here, but it's somewhere the hero can quietly recover and focus their attention on someone specific. Once you know the place, use the card's suit to determine who the hero encounters here and what they need from the hero. So this was the uh, Jack of Hearts. So it's a friend, and they need someone to listen. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so we get another classic star swipe, except this time we notice that it's the outline of a weed uh, plant across the screen. 
and we get a um a fairly fast zoom in on um we're we're gonna say this is just a hot dog stand like outside of the mayor's office it's the most it's the perfect place to set up a hot dog stand because the mayor of course has notoriously got the munchies they coming in and out all day mm-hmm and uh, here, right on the front, fo- the front steps of the mayor's office, the hot dog stand that goes by the name of um, uh, the Gutsy Glitzy, the Gutsy Glizzy, sorry, is uh, manned by a fairly tall woman with long blonde hair and uh, wearing... Uh, like a a very lo- like an oversized shirt, and inside of that she's got like the uh stu- the protection that like linebackers would wear, like that padding. And the reason for that is because uh the hot dog stand is not one of those ones where the hot dogs boil. It's actually one of those ones where. Uh, I don't know if anyone is familiar with this product that existed sort of in internet culture, but it's like a toaster, but it's got these cylindrical holes in the oh, center. Oh, those things! Hot dog. Yeah, you put the hot dogs in those, and you pull the the lever down, and they roast inside. And as soon as they like are done, they rocket out of that hole and slap into her, often in the face, but sometimes like. In like just in the chest, and that's why she's wearing the armor. And so, as the hero comes on this scene, uh, we get a um, a a fresh batch of dogs slapping against uh, Hot Dog Demona, a trusted friend of Spite, the kid in yellow. Uh, <laughs> you had to go with Demona. Uh huh. So as you come up on hot dog Demona, she's she's struggling to get the hot dogs into the reservoir while they're while they will turn endlessly in their own grease. Ah. Uh, oh oh oh! Hey, the spite. Ah, uh, need hand uh, getting them in the glizzy gladder. If you wouldn't mind helping me get these dogs in in a row. Uh. You know, it's been so hard doing this on my own ever since the the divorce. That's why you got to need like small hands. Small hands are what's best for getting the glizzies right on that glider. You know, I used to be able to rely on my my husband with his very terribly small hands. But, you know, it's hard to keep the ladies off a guy with small hands. It was only a matter of time before I lost them. Hey, since you're here, let me let me serve you up a dog. Do you, what do you want on yours? Do you want mustard, ketchup, chili dog style? Do you want raw onions on that? The local works. All right, you're getting the mustard, the the mayo, and the 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 chili and the American cheese, the ranch dressing, the second hot dog on the side. 
and french fries, just the way we like to do it here in Dank Rip City. You know, since you're here, is it okay if I talk your ear off a little bit? I got a lot of stuff on oh, my mind. Go for it. It's going to take a, quite the go-through to get this glizzy down. Yeah. They're greasy. Yeah, you got to make sure you don't don't lose them between your fingers. Listen, I, I don't know what's going on in this city lately, but I've been trying to have a proper Taco Tuesday for weeks now. And there's no plate, and there's no stores in town where you can get a proper Old El Paso taco kit, trademarked and everything. And like, oh, I hear you there. And like, I'm not even sponsored by them, but I'll talk struggle about those delicious pre-made taco kits all day. It's the best way to prepare tacos after a long hot day of serving up hot dogs outside of a mayor's office. Especially if you got a bunch of kids and you're tired and you gotta go take a, a shower and you gotta roll your homemade blunts. You only got so much time, but old El Paso's always got your back. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Anyways. Definitely know. I thought I thought I heard through the grapevine that there's some some asshole going around buying all the old El Paso taco kits. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with them, but it can't be nothing good, if you know what I'm talking about. I think they might be putting them places where they shouldn't be. Hmm. Man, I definitely hear you on that one. Had a weird run-in the other night about it. Really? Was it by the quick stop where my sister April Eileen likes to hang out? Yeah. She was able to get help me out getting some, but they were wiped out too. I'm not surprised, to be honest. I'm not surprised she was there looking for him too on account of her five kids. Five? Man, I was counting four. Yeah, she had another one. No idea who the father is. It could even be you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right, it's not you, right? It ain't me. All right. Well, if it was you, that'd be okay by my book. You're an okay kid. How old are you? About <laughs> 18. Yeah, I oh. think Kyle is 18 There you go. 18 All right, you're 18-ish. That's well within the, the legal limits where that's not weird and creepy. I, of course, being a 25-year-old woman, it's not at all weird that I would have a sister in your age range. She's got kids. Of course, being that she had five of them, you might suspect that she's been having kids for a while, but that's not actually true. She, uh, she didn't have any of them. They're all orphans, or they used to be orphans. Great heart on that girl, taking those orphans into her house. Hopefully they don't got head trauma. I don't know what you mean by that, but hopefully. I hear suckers and orphan heads don't mix. You know, actually, I hear that a lot around here. And for how the tension is slowly building through the city, I think you see, like, a newspaper hits Hot Dog Tomona in the head sticking on her face as you see Old El Paso Taco Kits out all over the city. Son of a bitch. You know, Tomona, if we ever get 
Taco Kit's back. For the regular folks to get them, you should start doing them Makataka Hodos. Because you already got the glizzy card. But you take the glizzy, you put it in the taco shell. And then you top it with the mac and cheese. Man, people be lining up for City Hall and Mayor's office all the way down to uh, the Sativa sector. You know, you're right. I'd slap a slice on that taco and slam it in my mouth hole. That's for sure. Sometimes I miss when this city wasn't weird as fuck. Anyways, I'll see you later. See you, Demona. <laughs> Alright. Hot dog, Demona. What's the name of the area around the mayor's office? That's... Was it spades this time? That was hearts. 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 Uh, and this is, of course, uh, the Cush capital because of the mayor's uh, uh, office. And that's Cush, K U S H. Two of diamonds. All right, somewhere in imminent danger. You're back in the Spliff District. The Spliff District. Oh no. Ba, 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 ba. All right. Um, was the Spliff District the one with the arcade or the the taxi? Yeah, it was the one with the arcade. Arcade. Okay. Um, we'll say that the Spliff District is right by the docks. And um, the scene that we come up on is uh, we see two. Oh, God. We see two guys in the top of a lighthouse. It's night, apparently. Two guys at the top of a lighthouse desperately trying to ignite the titular light at the top of the lighthouse. They've got these giant oversized lighters and they're like flicking them really hard. And they're only getting sparks. They're not getting flames. They're trying desperately to get this this light going because it's this big, big bundle of weed at the top. Because, of course, the lighthouse itself is just a giant blunt. Meanwhile, ships out at sea are coming in hot towards the docks. They don't know where the shore is. They can't tell at all because the blunt lighthouse is not lit. Uh, what'd you roll there? I rolled a six. So you push past your limits and become something greater than yourself. How do you inspire the people of this blunt lighthouse? Oh. See, the problem is they're doing it into the wind. They're not cupping the lighters enough. And to get them, you know, get the right positioning... And the right coverage and the angles and the good enough strength to strike it. There's a projection of Spite himself standing like he's holding the lighthouse as a blunt. This is like a good hundred foot tall, taller than a lighthouse, just if Spite was a kaiju and he's just lighting this thing with the proper coverage and they're like, oh, the form. And then they copy that. Hell uh, yes. The form. 
I, I get it, Snows. Yeah, I guess it too. Why do we have the same voice as all the other people in the city? Yeah, I don't know, Ganja Gary. Let's get to it, though. And so they flick their lighters in front of where the wind would be blowing those sparks, and soon enough, the giant blunt of the louse ignites, and a torrent of incredibly thick white smoke begins pouring up into the sky. And somewhere from below, a fan pulls on the, the giant blunt, and the top of the lighthouse grows, glows bright cherry red as the ships begin to slowly <laughs> find their way into the docks. What the fuck am I saying? You've made this hell for yourself. <laughs> I just want you to know. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to be weird. And you're like, oh no, I have to narrate this weird shit. <laughs> I, was, I also was specifically like, I'm d- fucking dibs on the city. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, How is that bed you made for yourself, motherfucker? <laughs> what is wrong with me, Chell? You... I do not have time to go into that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Do you want to pull another card? Or are you just going to think about your life? I'm going to do both. Alright. Uh, let's see. We have a Joker. Oh, thank God. The downfall. The downfall. The downfall. Well, you did that late, so... It is is here that the hero is confronted at last by the villain. Okay, motherfucker. Who makes themselves known by striking deep at the heart of the hero. This is a battle. You son of a bitch. There is a battle that happens. Lives are lost. Jesus. Of a son of a bitch. Destru- she went up and disappeared in a flash of light. Destruction spreads, and the hero, you are beaten back for now. You'll come back. Heroes always do, but this is your downfall. Consequences. This is the moment where it all comes undone when the villain emerges and the villain triumphs. How does it happen? All right. So, the villain triumphs. You see, it's the day of the annual pot smoking festival. But the villain has used magical weather machine technology from Chambers Mining Company. I don't know why they have that. Well, you got to keep the mines well ventilated. They use the magical technology to start raining out the pot smoking festival. Right as Spite was accepting some award for saving all those children from the fire a few days ago. Oh, we have some questions for the hero, it seems. What piece of yourself most scares you? How do you how do you see that amplified in the villain? It's the thing that scares Spite most about Spite. Isn't, you know, backstory drama or, you know, this traumatic event of, you know, bad parentage. No, it's the apathy to anyone he can't see as a potential friend. And sadly, that's just a crowd of strangers. And seeing that amplified 
in the villain is exactly what they're doing now. Apathy towards the great people of Jankrip City. What weakness are you afraid will be discovered, and how does the villain use it? I crave maternal compa- uh, commanding, um, preferably from a someone who I have interest in, but if it comes from an authoritative uh, maternal source, yeah. So wait, you want a dommy yeah. mommy? I want a dommy mommy. Okay. But that's gonna backfire. Okay, villain. How do you how do you use this dommy dommy mommy requirement? This dommy mommy desire. Submit to me, and I will be your mother. Never submit to you. I am your mother. Spite. And the villain rips off their no. mask to reveal Melinda. A chilling twist of events. City, answer the following questions. What, what part of the hero most what the scares fuck? you? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I've been What's hijacked the... on my own podcast. That's right. <laughs> All right. What part of the hero scares the city the most? How fucking weird Spite is. He just like peed himself. That's weird. How is the villain the worst version of that? That dummy mommy's gonna make him pee himself again. We just know. We, do, we know it's gonna happen. We don't want to see it. We're gonna look away. But we just know it's happening. What is your biggest fear for the city? And how does the villain embody that? Biggest fear, of course, is that this dummy mommy weird spite king in ye- or kid in yellow dynamic is going to inspire children to have the same kind of weird fetishes. Not that we're shaming, but we are shaming. And how does the villain embody that, Chell? How does the villain embody this terrible situation we found ourselves in? Have you fucking seen her outfit? It's all fucking straps in a ballerina outfit. She Uh is a fucking dummy mommy. She has a crop also that she's smacking people with. Did you think this is where we're going to end up tonight, Chell? No, I wasn't. You fuckers. <laughs> I'm, I was like, I'm okay, glad. how weird is Matt going to get? Okay. Listen, with, with our powers combined, me and Frandical can make things real weird. And the villain answers the questions. What power do you crave? How are you going to seize it? Yeah, Dommy Mommy. What power do you crave and how are you going to seize it? Ah, Melinda seeks to bring the whole city under her control by denying them the pot. Everyone needs to function after having so much shit happen in the last few years. Interesting. Mm-hmm. To follow up on that, what insurmountable odds will the hero have to overcome to defeat you? Uh, Spy will have to pry her away from her new family in the King in Yellow cult. Because she is still waiting for Anders to be resurrected. Mm, chilling. What weakness do you hope the hero never finds? She still cares about Kyle and his father. And she hopes he doesn't realize that, so he can't use it against her. Alright. My powers are what 
whatever I need to do to bring about the King in Yellow's return. And I won't let you stand in my way. She smacks Spite with the riding crop. The crowd gasps. Some of them even pee their pants already. Someone is like, mark me down for scared and horny. <laughs> their friend is like, no, and we're no longer friends. Damn. Can I get a ride back with you to like my house you drove here? Not with those pants. Oh. Never drive scaroused. All right. What is the hero's renown? The number of cards they've put aside and the number of lives they've saved. So how many cards have we had so far? We have had one, two, three, four, five, six cards. So discard six from the top of the deck. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. These All cards right. are never shuffled back into the deck. Yes. Okay. One of them's not know. the other Joker, right? Now, let me check. Yeah, that would be... No. Good. That would be inconvenient. That, that seems like an oversight on the design of this game. Yeah! Alright, so, contemplation. City, take a moment to mourn your losses. A bunch of people stand in solemn, quiet looking down at the front of their own pants or skirts and are terrified of the stains that they're going to have to wash out later. In the rain, no one can see you pee yourself. It's still yellow! One of them screams to the sky, r rain slapping against their face like some kind of godly water sports. Plop, 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 plop. The hero, take a moment to, of silence to deal with your failures. I need a shower. <laughs> Let the city and hero have their moment. I will return. I expect you to obey next time. Uh. The, uh, the crowd around the hero disappears down dark alleys and sidewalks. Someone to the laundromat nearby, leaving the hero in the rain underneath a suspiciously, a suspiciously yellow puddle. The heavy raindrops slap down into the puddle, sending droplets up, splashing against the lower region of your pants. It smells terrible, and around you there can be found not a wisp of marijuana smoke. Spite drops down to his knees. In the puddle. Yep. Into the puddle. Into the puddle. His hood of his raggedy gray hoodie falling over his head and face, trying to hide the shame. And as he sits there, kneels there, the fringe of his duster starts flowing out into the puddle like tendrils reaching for hope or pee flowing down a thigh. It is greatly convenient that your attire is similarly yellow. Yeah, very convenient. 
When you're ready, take the remaining Joker and place it in front of the hero. Tell them what it represents. It represents the uprising. Your decision to come back and move forward, make it right and rise to the occasion. The city needs you. They believe in you. For some reason. On both of those marks. No one knows really why, but they do for some reason. <laughs> the city... How is it that Kyle has told this? Wading through the rain. Eight ball Eileen finds you. Kneels down beside you in the piss puddle. And holds out a small glass pipe and says, Listen, I know this is a terrible situation. There's not a wisp of weed smoke in the area. But the city needs you, even if we don't have the delicious taste of Old El Paso tacos or the complimentary spice known as marijuana cigarettes. I found this meth pipe, though. I think it's just as good. Let's do this instead. Kyle's gonna reach up, grab the pipe, hold Eileen by the hand, pipe in the middle, go. It's not safer than donuts. Get some of those. Get munchkins for the munchkins. They'll like that what I need. I put a little chili pepper in it. It's really fucking good. I call it chili pee. When you're ready, pick up the remaining Joker and shuffle it into the deck. Thank the city. Promise you won't let them down because I can promise you, hero. I mean, I can't promise. You're you. But according to the game's <laughs> mechanics, you won't. Hey, I ain't gonna let you down next time. Who knows? I may help you with them munchkins. And I shuffle the Joker. Back into the deck. Oh, I'm supposed to shuffle this. Yeah. Oh, God, man, just started touching himself. That's how that. Mm hmm. It's a very, very rhythmic rubbing. <laughs> oh, it's, it's flapping. It's flapping. I can't do like the. Ruffle shuffle, the whatever the fuck you call it. Where the, the bridge shuffle? Yeah, yeah, the ruffle shuffle. That's what it said. <laughs> so I, God, I, do the ruffle, do the ruffle shuffle. shuffle. Hey guys, we are now part of the Imaginary Broadcast Network, along with Crow's Codex and Daniel's Dread Tales. This won't mean anything for our content other than hopefully reaching more people and having literal breaks like this one. You should check it out if you get the chance. And speaking of the blasphemous, horrific, and heretical, we will be releasing the Session Zero slash Session One of a God Killer RPG episode we did with the Dread Tales on the 27th. Enjoy the ad and the rest of this episode. Hey listener, what if I told you there was an actual play tabletop horror RPG podcast you could listen to right now? Oh hey, no need for that language. You'll be back to your show in a second. Daniel's Dread Tales has got more angry clockwork wives, murderous abominations, and horrific circumstances than you could ever want. And you can find it right here on the Imaginary Broadcast Network. It's as real as you want it to be. Oh, neat. Seven of diamonds.
Once again, Spliff District is in danger. Imminent danger. Imminent danger, yeah. All right. Um, here in the Spliff District, you we see a, a group of hooligans huddled around a burning trash can and a bit similar to the plight of the lighthouse keepers, they are unable to light their uh, marijuana cigarettes, primarily, of course, in this case, on account of not having any marijuana cigarettes or reefers to light. So instead, they hold their hands out towards the garbage can fire and warm themselves that way, pretending that the glow inside is the glowing end of their delicious ganja. What sort of madness is they this? They are in imminent danger because somewhere inside of that trash can a uh, person has discarded a, a canister of hairspray and it begins to threaten to explode. You, The hero, you see the canister beginning to bulge, and you know that at any moment it could explode. This is very low stakes. <laughs> very low stakes. But this is my neighborhood. These are my people. I've got this. Hey, villain, take three, three dice. I did. You rise to the occasion and managed to save the day. What great moment of heroism do you achieve? Oh. This is perfect, because usually I'm just visual illusions. But things have been getting weird and amped up this time. And like straight out of one of those cartoons that are no longer PC. A cloud of reefer smoke drifts right under their noses. And it's almost as if they're lifted up and floated to safety by the sweet, succulent smell of the Mary Jane that they so crave. In response to this magnificent deed that you've done, Shaggy, Swaggy, and Skaggy lift up into the air, their noses bringing them towards the delicious smoke, and out of the... Out of the danger zone around the garbage fire. Just before the canister of hairspray would explode, you see a stamp on the side indicating that this hairspray belonged to none other than the villain. It was planted here in this trash fire specifically to hurt these otherwise harmless weed-smoking not-quite-ne'er-do-wells. I will, I will destroy them all. In the most convoluted way possible. Yes. What does your stamp look like? It is, of course, a yellow triskelion, but with a word at the top of each of the little poles or the the swirls. Mm-hmm. One for abstinence, one for clean living, one for doing your homework. Pfft. Squares. 
It is not square, it is a triscaling gun. <laughs> Trigs. Thank you. Tryhards. There you go. We got there. There you go. Alright. Alright. Uh, a billow of smoke breezes past the screen as we transition to Joker 2, the upright. Okay. <laughs> oh, there we are. Here we go. All right. It has right. all led to this. The hero is back in the villain's place of power. <laughs> Having refused to stand down and accept defeat, they're lost hanging heavy in the air. But it's time to finish this. The downfall is over. It's time for the uprising. All right, villain, describe your place of power. <laughs> now that you're the height of your glory, describe the insurmountable odds, and note how the hero failed to stop you last time. Describe the power you seek and the power you already have. You failed because you couldn't stop the ray. You couldn't kept, keep all the joints lit up because you didn't really care about that crowd of people. You're apathetic to them and they're joint-based plight. I think in the months since then, Melinda has set up in the mayor's office, him having been booted out when he couldn't supply weed and Old El Paso taco kits to the city. So she is now set up in the mayor's office having having kicked Gutsy Glissy and Hot Dog Demona out of her traditional spot in front of the office. There are Puritines lined up telling you that no, smoking weed is bad actually. It inhibits your creative process. The city. Tell the hero what they need to hear. Tell the hero what they need to hear. Name the people they did save. Tell them how they helped make this world a better place. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> Guide them, encourage them, lift them up, help them carry the weight of falling short so they can stand tall now and when they need to most. I think I think what happens here is the hero makes their way back to the arcade where instead of finding the punk that they saved, instead they find that oversized raccoon who is still like in a it's still a mess like the arcade is still a little bit ruined but now instead the oversized raccoon is like working a screwdriver to fix some of the arcade machines and when the hero shows up it looks to you and like waves the the screwdriver at you, not in a threatening way, but in like a come here way. And as soon as like you see a look of tender care in this raccoon's eyes, as you get close, it, it puts its weird grabby hand on your shoulder and chitters in your face, which translates in the subtitles to, you know, I was really out of line earlier. I needed someone to put me in my place and, I was really come on off of a pretty long high. And I think there was something else in that weed that, that that would make the cops really upset. But you really helped me set myself straight. And by straight, I mean back on the, the smoke and narrow. I just, 
I want you to know that it's important to me that you came by and made sure I didn't make a complete asshole of myself. Boss would never forgive me if I didn't uh, fix the concession stand. That's right. I'm actually an employee here. I always have been. And it's thanks to you that I... I know that I, I need to... just embrace the environment that I'm in. And if there's anything I could do to help you, I want you to know I'll be here for you. Forever. As your giant weird raccoon friend. I couldn't have said it better myself. Nope. And Kyle stands up, turns, heads to the door. No freaking clue what was going on there. But it was inspiring. As you leave, chittering from behind. And then the subtitle says, When you find the villain... Tell them Mary Jane sent you. That's right. It's a lady. Hell yeah. Oh, you, thought it, you thought it wasn't a lady, huh? I never assumed the genders of raccoons because I dare not look at their genitals. Or ask I actually, I actually don't know how to tell the raccoons. Uh, easy. You watch Pom Poco and see which ones are wearing clothes. Oh, there you go. There you, you go. Heard here, folks. Holy shit. And Hero, this is your moment. You hear what the city has to say? <laughs> okay. Repeat the names of the people you saved to yourself. Uh, oh. You saved... Terry O'Flanagan. Baked Raccoon. Squeegee Luigi. Hey, Paul Eileen. Hot Dog Demona. And know what they stand for. I can guide them into a better tomorrow. I've got the right sign. Kyle, join me, and we can rule the city together. Mother and son. Never! This... You call yourself my mom. You disappeared. You let dad's... snow globe business... He completely ruined while I was disappeared. I was trying to take vengeance against someone for insulting me, and then I became a cultist of them. Things happen, people change. But now yeah. we can be a family again. Everyone changes, Mom. I've changed. No. This city has no, changed. You're still my special little guy, aren't you, Kyle? No, because you see, I found a rabbit. And a little image of Alice shows up in front oh, of me. Oh, so I have to kill her. Then. I made a friend! I, oh, I have to... Uh, whatever Smile's alter ego is, shows up. Dusty. I found somebody who I wanted to try to impress. We get an illusion of Korra. And then there was somebody else who was smart who helped me out when I needed friends and companionship. And Heather shows up. But then I got moved to this city and this city with these people and an illusory crowd comes up behind me where we have and we've got Terry Flanagan, Hot Dog Demona next to Hot Dog Demona in a crowd, which is really odd. <laughs> we've got 8-Ball Eileen, 
which is on the other side of the crowd from where the actual April Eileen is. <laughs> Trying to get something lit. You got Squeegee Luigi just suspended up in the air because it's supposed to be on a building. That's close. Yeah. And then we have Bacon Raccoon, which is just waving a screwdriver in a very non-threatening manner. But what this city needs isn't somebody to clean it up. Isn't somebody to control it. I don't need a dummy mommy that bad. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. But it's not going to be my actual mom. What I need and this city needs is a sign. It needs the best sign. It needs this sign. And he points straight up into the air over where the gutsy glizzy would be if normally in its place. And a 20-foot-long golden-yellow taco shell (laughs) filled with a fat, blunt, bright cherry at the tip covered in a ganja garnish just displays. That is the sign for Dank Rip City! That is what the people need. That is why we're here. Weed makes them creative. Weed makes them interesting. And old El Paso fills their bellies when the cravings happen. You can do your cults. You can do your things. But the only sign is the sign of dank rips. And I just bring the illusion crashing down upon the, uh... Upon Melinda? Upon Melinda, yeah. Oh, no. So, you... And my thirds. <laughs> so, she will flee into the night, or into the day, as the mayor's office collapses under the illusion that's solid? Who knows? Maybe it's all the pot smoke. But... We move on to until next time. With this villain defeated, the city's at peace. There will be another villain in time, but there's always another piece. There's always another issue to sell. But for now, there's quiet. For now, there's only a city. For now, a hero can rest. The city. Describe how the city recovers from the villain's actions. Describe how the hero's influence makes the city a better place. And how their legacy is carried on in the hearts of people. In the days following the weirdest dommy mommy taco illusion fight that the city has ever seen so far, old El Paso tacos are set up and placed on shelves all around the city, half off now that their supply is back and the supply must be sold before they expire. The hero's influence has made this place better. Not because they were especially influential, inspiring, or normal, effective, but because in their heart of hearts they knew the important thing about Dank Rip City, which is to get fucking lit and eat tacos. And because of that, every Taco Tuesday... Posters of Spite, the kid in yellow, are placed up next to taco stands. And everyone 
everyone who eats a taco will <laughs> everyone will, who eats a taco will crunch the hard shell in honor of Spite the Kid in Yellow. Some even wear taco-shaped hats, which they doff at the sign of Spite. All right. So you're saying they spitefully eat tacos? Mm-hmm. Describe how the city mourns those it lost. Describe the sh- shadow still cast by the villain, even though they were long since defeated. Every time someone goes to light of a blunt, sometimes they'll just look at it. What if the cult comes back? What if I can't get any more blunts after this? What if this is the last blunt I will ever smoke? And they cherish it, but it's also terrifying to the city that just needs to be high as fuck all the time to function. The scars were there before Melinda came back, but the shadow is still cast by her abstinence campaign and all the very annoying people on Dunk Rip City Twitter. Instead of a blue check mark, they have a taco. Mm-hmm. It's the taco check mark. Mm-hmm. And hero. Describe how, for an all-too-brief moment, the hero rests, how they celebrate their victory, how they spend their downtime, and how they play, pay their respects to those that pay help them respects. succeed. <laughs> how they press F to pay their respects. So, for that all-too-brief moment, Kyle finally gets his dad to sit down at the table. Hey, buddy! Ah. Uh, uh, over a plate of tacos. Bad news, I still I got fired from the quick mart, but you know what? I, I'm sure I'll find something else here. You'll definitely find something else here, Dad. And, uh, we've got good news, bad news. Uh, oh. How about we go with the good okay, news? Okay, yeah, that. Mom's still alive. Oh, see, there you go. Bad oh, news. She's running a cult. And tried to make everybody sober. Hey, no one's perfect. And then disappeared off into who knows where. Oh. Did. More bad news. Oh. With a good spin. Oh. I think it's time I go do my own thing. Make my own man out of myself. Was this about... You got things here in Dankrip. I believe in you, Dad. But I'm sure you've made but friends. But I'm gonna... Uh, you've hmm? made plenty of friends, right? Like that, uh... Oh, I've made plenty of friends. Plenty of folks have inspired me. And I've inspired a few. Heck. I put in a good word with Baker Raccoon. You might be able to get some work down at the arcade. Oh, oh yeah, I've... They need somebody with, uh... Larger hands to help with the lifting. Uh, Keeps washing all the quarters. Well, my hands are small, but they're large enough for... They're larger than a raccoon's, luckily. And, you know, I think you'll meet someone special. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, So, are you, like, just leaving the house? I'm not just leaving the house. 
I'm reminded that all, all the friends and all the people I've helped, I got unfinished business. And I gotta go help some more. Okay, uh, yeah. Well? So I'm going back to my burn, old okay, man. Okay, uh, are you taking the car? But I'll wait. I've got the phone. We got the jingle jangle. Okay, yeah. You, you don't need the car, do you? I, I still need the car. No, no, no. I'm going to do the hero thing and hitchhike. Oh. oh. And Kyle goes up, packs a duffel bag of stuff, and then does the rounds around the city, you know, delivering taco kits to Terry O'Flanagan, Baker Raccoon, makes sure uh, Eight Ball Eileen has a taco kit per kid for some reason it's gone up to six now Gee, that was chad no pants stuff yeah of course oh I exactly because oh, she's got such a great heart kiss kissing <sighs> and you know check in with hot dog demona make sure gutsy lizzie is going strong and get one for the road the creative team this time around was matt jeremy and chell Editing and producing was done by me, Chell. The tracks used in this episode are Enemy Spotted by Jess, who you can find on Twitter at OneShotMiniBoss. And Cannabis Cafe is by David Rovix and is licensed from freemusicarchive.org under the Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you to Ray Calavis for making our art. You can find her over at keylegraphyinc.com. If you like what you heard, be sure to keep subscribed for a new episode every other Wednesday. If you really like what you heard, I would absolutely love it if you could leave us a rating and review over on your podcast show of choice. Until next time, listeners, stay weird. Hello, I am the pallet dancer. No, that's not me. I'm going to back up a little bit here. Look out. Beep, beep, beep. It broke, so I had to beep myself. Beep, beep. That means we're going somewhere private. This podcast is brought to you by Q-Ball Vapes, the only vape that's safe for children. For fans of Breaking Bad, that's a reference. Bill have not watched an episode of that at all. Someone out there will... Thankfully, Kyle's short that goes right over his head. Someone out there will get that reference. And if you do, leave a comment and subscribe to the Dice Fiends. If you don't, at, can, at Crow's Codex on Twitter. For how long that's around. For any customer complaints <laughs> and rants.